Dalid Adar, Tafshin Ein Chet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> with the classic Sheer Baboker Baboker known to uh, everybody as Pitom opens up this edition of the Israel Show coming to you live as we do each and every Monday immediately following JM in the AM 9 AM Eastern and 4 PM Israel time and around the world wherever you are whatever time it is now that's the time we're on and of course on demand on demand tell all your friends you know about it because you listen to the show but Tell all your friends that they could listen to the Israel show on demand whenever they want, wherever they are, as long as they have the beloved Nahum Siegel Network app, which is available for free as long as you have uh, any sort of iPhone, Android, any type of smartphone. You can listen there or online, NahumSiegel.com. Go to the archives, click on the Israel show, and you have five years' worth of archives there as well. 
on your device. You can even download the program when you're in a Wi-Fi area, so it won't cost you money, and then listen on the road. You don't have to worry about data charges and so on. We make it so convenient for you. And um, and humbly I say, the show is so interesting. Why would you not want to do it? <laughs> we have a great show coming up, as always. Uh, news from Israel. For those listening live, this is breaking. It seems that there was a $15 billion deal for a change, it's not a high-tech company. It's actually the government of Israel made a $15 billion deal to sell natural gas to Egypt. Wow, the tables have turned. It's only 70 years, and how the tables have turned. We are now selling energy to the Arabs. Also, um, last week we spoke about how the North was, um, was getting a little hot. Um, the South has been getting hot also over the past uh, week or so. Uh, more rockets being fired into southern Israel from Gaza. And Israel retaliating immediately each and every time. Of course, the retaliations are somewhat mooted, muted. So um, <clears throat> you don't find the um, there being an all-out uh, war. Last night, Israel bombed and destroyed yet another underground tunnel of the Hamas. Hamas is finally realizing that all the money that they spent, all the concrete that they poured, all the lives that they lost on digging tunnels is now um, just has been a waste. They're going to have to find some other way to destroy us. And God, Emir Hashem, will save us. We saw it on the story of Purim, and we see it now, and we saw it throughout. Um, what do we have uh, up for you today? Speaking of Gaza, Hadar Golden, his body and that of Aaron Shaul are still being held by the Hamas in their cruelty. They refuse to release the body. Crazy. Um, and we will discuss why the parents of Hadar Golden have expressed their disgust and disappointment, not with the enemy as much as with their own government. We'll hear about that and why they're different than the previous such cases. Very interesting and, and quite frankly, really special people. Um, we also going to have the story from Poland, the story of the law that was passed in Poland that you probably all have heard of, that the Polish government made it a criminal act to uh, say or write or state that um, Poland somehow was involved in the extermination of Jews during World War II. Uh, A very interesting confrontation took place a few days ago at an international meeting when um, a very prominent Israeli journalist confronted the Prime Minister of Poland. Wow. Wow. It's interesting. We have the audio. You're going to hear you're going to hear this exchange. Very very interesting. Prime Minister of Poland, I've been practicing it all morning. Mateusz Morawiecki. All right, I got to practice a little more. So how about some music? Then we'll get to our um, our stories. Everybody loves Poogie, right? From their last performance in the park, live performance 
Shir Hamakolet. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. The great Pugila Hakat Kaveret, one of the more popular Israel pop 
groups ever, just talking with some people about this on Shabbat, that um, young Jewish music lovers, maybe in their 20s, aren't familiar with Poogie. In America, I should say. In Israel, that is not true. In Israel, Poogie just spans the generations. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us, making us part of your week. Um, So you may remember that in the last Gaza war, literally on the last day, I believe it was even after the, um, the ceasefire was declared, Hadar Golden Zatzal was kidnapped and murdered by the Hamas terrorists and his body is being held there. Aron Shaul was killed earlier in the war when the vehicle he and others were in was blown up. The others' bodies were recovered. Aron's body was kidnapped and of course the Hamas knows well how much, how important it is for the Jewish people to bury the body of a loved one properly. And so they take advantage of that. They kidnapped a body. When did you ever hear that? They kidnapped the body of Aron Shaul, and they're holding the, these two bodies hostage for some prisoner exchange. Now, unlike in the past... And we all remember the situation of Gilad Shalit where Israel ended up releasing over a thousand terrorists, some of whom were guilty of killing Jews. They had blood on their hands, is the way it's called in Israel. Israel released them in order to get back one live Israeli soldier, Gilad Shalit. But after that, I think the country woke up and realized that they had been part of a very, very elaborate and and uh, well-funded PR campaign by the Shalit family, and God forbid I should blame them. That is what they, as a family, had to do. The question is, what does a nation do? And um, the, um, the Goldens are taking a completely different um, tack to this. First of all, they know their son is dead. They still want his body to properly be buried in a, in a Jewish grave. Um, and so, what they've said to the government is, we don't want you to exchange any prisoners, any terrorists, for the bodies. What we do want is that you should use other methods of pressure on the Hamas to force them to release the bodies. For example, don't release bodies of Hamas terrorists that we're holding. Right? Tit for tat. For example, don't allow prison visits to Hamas members who are in Israeli jails. Don't allow their families to come and visit them. Do other things. Don't keep sending 
supplies like cement and other things that Israel does, don't keep providing them with what Israel provides them with, don't treat them well, treat them harshly, and hopefully they'll realize that it's not worth it to hold on to two bodies. They're not going to get prisoners back. And yet the government of Israel, time after time, has paid lip service to the families of Golden and Shaul, but not done what was expected of them to do. I think these, uh, we've spoken about this before, I think these are all rational ideas, good ideas, better ideas than what we've been doing until now. Make them feel that holding on to the bodies is a liability for them. On uh, on Friday, literally, I don't know, maybe less than an hour before Shabbat, the government transferred bodies of two Hamas terrorists who were killed by Israeli soldiers in the act of attacking Israelis. Their bodies were released to the Hamas members' families for burial. Muhammad Ahmed Gamal, Jamal, the terrorist who in September of last year murdered three Israelis, you may remember this, in the town of Haradar, north of Yerushalayim. I should say west of Yerushalayim. I'm reading, but I maybe it's northwest. And a terrorist who last week stabbed and lightly injured a security guard in Karmate Sur in Gush Etzion. Well, the parents of Hadar Golden were livid. Quote, a treacherous act against the IDF, they called it. We thought the Prime Minister and his cabinet members only lied in the media, but now we also have no problem, we see that they have no problem lying and not telling the truth before the Supreme Court. Now, the Golden family is suing the state of Israel in the Supreme Court, demanding that it act upon a cabinet decision against returning the bodies of terrorists to their families, as long as their their son Hadar and Oren Shaul are still held by Hamas. And Mrs. Golden said, quote, Listen to this. This is incredible. During a hearing on our lawsuit on Thursday, this past Thursday, the state promised to enact those decisions, but barely a day later it released the bodies of more terrorists for burial. Continues Mrs. Golden, this government has no respect for its soldiers, no problem lying to the high court. It is said that the government has fallen to the point where it is willing to lie to the family of soldiers who were lost in battle and does not even act on its own decisions. What we should remember is the victims of the uh, murdering terrorist whose body was returned. We should remember them. Their memory should be a blessing. Hashem Yikom Damam or Arish, 25-year-old resident of Haradar. Solomon Gevarya, 20-year-old border 
guard officer and resident of Be'er Yaakov, and Yusuf Otman, a resident of the Arab town of Abu Ghosh, who also was working there. So I don't understand it. Here's what the government says. We have to be fair and give you their their remarks. In a statement, the IDF said, quote, based on our evaluation of the situation, we decided to return the bodies of the terrorists. Okay, you know, go figure, whatever that means. And they do it, of course... On Friday, literally a few minutes before Shabbat, thinking that it won't be picked up in the press, thinking that if it is, the story will die by the time Shabbat is over and the Golden family listens to the radio, to the news. West Wing fans, it's take out the trash day. Right? So, at least... The government has stopped the Hamas members visiting, uh, uh, family members visiting Hamas members in Israeli jails. Hopefully that'll continue. In the meantime, the government will have to reply to the Supreme Court. When is it? Today or tomorrow? These are oral reports from yesterday. And let them know what is going to happen in the future. It's hard to understand. Sometimes you have to say, yes, they know stuff we don't know, obviously. Obviously, but it's very hard to sit on the side and watch this and watch the the excruciating pain of these families who agreed back during the war when their sons were killed, being that they don't have bodies, the family had to agree to the assessment of the army and the rabbanut and the chief chaplaincy that they have irrevocable evidence that their children are actually dead. And they accepted that and they sat shiva. In the case of Hadar Golden, they had what I'm only assuming is remnants of his uniform, which was filled with blood, which also gets buried, and they buried that, thanks to the uh, heroism of his friend Eitan Fold, who went running in the tunnels of the Hamas trying to find him and brought back that evidence, which was also used to determine the fact that he was dead. So the families at that time, years, a few years ago, accepted upon themselves the determination that their loved one is dead with the promise of the Israeli government and of the IDF that they will do everything possible to bring their bodies back and now they feel totally what would we say they 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 feel like they've been uh, like the government has has be, has been a traitor has lied has just done everything possible to not keep its um, its promise. And we um, pray for them. We don't pray obviously for for dead for dead people. And we know that these two are dead, but we pray for their families. Let them have menuchat nefesh. Let them have closure 
let them be able to bury their sons with some sense of closure to this sad situation and we urge the government of Israel to keep this in mind as well this song is uh, dedicated to the memory of Hadar Golden Hadar Shirat Kodesh by our friend Yoni Genot we play it appropriately here on the Israel Show my name is Mayor Weingart and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network מביטה בי הזמנה חיים לי יש הם עוד מעט ינביטו מספרת על חלום של הדר ושל עדנה לחיים יפים יפים שלא יחזיבו ונקשרו הנשמות בלכתן חלום עתיק פועם בליבה ניגון עדין יורד לעולם שמיים ישקו לארץ בזכותם בהדר ירקר בהדר יצייר והדר ילווה Yeah. 
Yosef Karduner Vafilu Behastara. And before that, Yoni Gennett with Hadar Shirat Kodesh in memory of Hadar Golden. There is an interesting backstory to uh, Hadar Shirat Kodesh. So it turns out that Yoni Gennett went to the funeral of Hadar Golden like so many other thousands of Israelis did without necessarily knowing him. This was in uh, August of 2014. Hadar Golden was engaged to Edna Sarusi. You can only imagine the heartbreak there. So Yoni Gennett was at the uh, funeral and on the way back from the funeral as he was driving back to his home he decided that he wanted to compose a song in 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 his memory and about the 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 two of them and what 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 each is going through and it was based on words from Rav Cook that were to appear on that appeared on the invitation when he came home he realized seeing the invitation on his refrigerator that he was supposed to be a musician at that wedding. He was supposed to play that wedding. And that's the song that you just heard before, Hadar Shirat Kodesh. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So you um, may have heard about a rather controversial some say scandalous law that the government of Poland passed recently in which it it is a criminal offense to say or write that Poland had any sort of complicity in killing the Jews during the Holocaust. Now, being that I'm not in Poland, I can tell you that <clears throat> on the scale of uh, 1 to 10, 10 being the most anti-Semitic, the Polish are probably a 15. I think the only ones who could be uh, come, come, come in at a higher score of anti-Semitism are the Ukrainians. And while it is true that there were Polish families that hid Jews, they were few and far between. Again, one has to remember that 
if they were caught, they would be killed. I'm not judging anybody. But, leaving aside, when I say I'm not judging anybody, I'm not judging anybody for not necessarily harming them and, and, and risking their lives. But, where we do judge is where Polish people killed Jews by themselves in local pogroms or where Polish people ratted out Jews that were hiding to the Nazis. And in that way, there were quite a number of Poles who were responsible for the death of Jews and in, in, in their way collaborating with the Nazis. There is a side that says, hey, there was no Poland at the time. Poland was occupied by Germany. So there was no Polish government. One cannot say that the Polish government did this or did that because there was no Polish government. There was a Polish government in exile uh, and, and Germany basically was controlling Poland. But we can talk about Polish people And again, there are those who save Jews. Many of us, I know, I know, many of us know Jews that were saved and hidden in a pit, in a in a loft, in a barn, or wherever. I I surely know several of them. But over not only during the Holocaust, but over the generations, the anti-Semitism of the Polish people is very, very well known. Let's also say that. Today, the, the government of Poland is supportive, in general, of Israel. And so that's a positive, in the sense that they are an ally of Israel. So, people in Israel were furious at, this, uh, at, at the passing of this law, criminalizing the uh, <clears throat> ability of people to speak out about the role of Polish people during the Holocaust. By the way, this comes as the result of probably a slip of the tongue of President Obama, former President Obama, who in a speech at some point said, talking about Auschwitz and so forth, Polish called them Polish concentration camps. And clearly... They were concentration camps that were in Poland, but they were German concentration camps. And on that particular point, I agree with the Polish governments. There were no Polish concentration camps. These concentration camps were German. They were on Polish land, which was occupied by Germany. Germany totally controlled Poland. And although that might be the reason for them to pass such a law... That is not what ended up happening. They passed a law that's just, on some level, trying to deny reality of what happened during the Holocaust. Um, Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki was in Munich as part of um, an international conference. And they had a um, they had some sort of a, a press conference where the Polish Prime Minister and 
um, the the Chancellor of Austria got up to speak, and and people in the press were allowed to ask questions. Now, <clears throat> Morawiecki didn't say a word about the law. He spoke about all kinds of stuff. Didn't say a word about about this uh, this new law, and clearly people wanted to know about that. In the audience is an Israeli journalist who is quite well-known, rather very well-known, I should say. His name is Ronen Bergman. He writes for you the Orachro Note. We have quoted him many times on this show. He is, as I've, as I've pointed out to you, a journalist with insane connections with the Mossad. He really has so much of an inside track. In fact, he just put out a book, which I'm in the midst of reading, about the history of the targeted killings of the Mossad. I can't say that I like everything that I read, and I don't say that I like his attitude, but it is an interesting book. More about it <clears throat> More about it when I'm done. Ronen Bergman has written many books, and... Um, about uh, modern Israeli history. He wrote a book about the Yom Kippur War. He wrote a book about the prisoners of war uh, situations in Israel and others. So he's a well-known journalist. He also, as he mentions in his question, he also um, is, is has an, uh, some, some tie to the New York Times, and you'll hear what it, the official title is. I think a contributing, uh, maybe contributing editor, whatever, you'll hear. He's, he speaks about it. And, and Bergman says that he was sitting there in the audience and he was going to ask a question, a general question. I did not know, and I think many did not know, that Ronen Bergman's parents were Holocaust survivors. They were born in Poland. And they survived, like the small percentage of other Jews that survived, they survived due to the circumstances that allowed them at that moment, the miracles from above that allowed them at that moment to get a piece of information to decide to run away and so forth and so on. But most of their family was killed. And Ronen Bergman grew up in the home of Holocaust survivors. He mentioned something in his question, which is amazing, and, and hit home for me also. He said, that his mother refused to ever speak a word, even one word of Polish, in their house. And I remember my father, Alava Shalom, who uh, was not born in Poland, but grew up part in, part in Poland and, and learned Polish, as he said it, I made myself forget that language. And so Ronen Bergman says he was about to ask a general question, and then suddenly he was... He, 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 he was filled with thoughts from, from home, of his mother, talking about what happened to them during the Holocaust. And you'll hear it in his question, how he describes what happened to his family. So first we'll, um, <clears throat> we'll play for you the clip of Ronen Bergman asking the question very... Uh, I mean, you, you can only be proud of his, his, his guts to speak truth to power, to get up in front of this Polish prime minister... At, at a at a you know not in court not anything at a at, at a uh, very prestigious kind of convention and tell about his history and what his family went through 
and the Polish people's complicity in it. So here is the question, and then we'll give you the Polish Prime Minister's insane answer. Wait for that also. Um, this is about the new law that you just legislated that forbids people from claiming that you had part the genocide of my people. I come from Israel. I'm an Israeli journalist. I'm a contributing writer for the New York Times. Sorry for being a little personal. Um, both my parents were born in Poland. My late mother and my father. My mother received a special prize for good Polish from the Polish Minister of Education when she was five. Then the war started and they lost much of the families because their neighbors, the Polish neighbors, snitched to the Gestapo that they are holding Jews. My mother was able to save much of the family because she heard during the night that the neighbors are going to tell that they are, have chosen their vicinity to the SS the next morning. And after the war, my mother swore that she will never speak Polish for the rest of her life, not even a single word. If I understand correctly, after this law is legislated, I will be considered a criminal in your country for saying this. What is the purpose? What is the message that you are trying to convey to the world? You are creating the opposite reaction and just attracting more attention to these atrocities. Thank you. He gets, um, he gets applause from the people in the crowd. But you'll see in the second part that uh, the crowd sh- should have been a little more a little less respectful of the Polish Prime Minister. Okay, so you got the gist. He's a contributing writer to the New York Times. He says his mother received a prize when she was a child from the Polish Ministry of Education for her mastery of the Polish language. And he says, and then for the rest of her life, she refused to speak even one word. He says, based on the law that you enacted, what I just said, which was that most a lot of my family was killed, were killed, because Polish people snitched on them to the Nazis. So when I say that, according to your law, you should have to arrest me. What are you trying to accomplish? If anything, you're accomplishing the opposite, right? More people are now talking about it. The Polish Prime Minister is rather unfazed. <laughs> he, he assures Ronen Bergman that he's not going to arrest him. That's really, that's really something. But listen carefully to the answer. I, I think it's almost the entire answer. Maybe a drop is cut off. But um, listen carefully if you hear anything about um, an apology or, or, or anything like that after... Ronan Bergman gets up and talks about how his family was killed due to the Polish neighbors snitching to the Germans. It's, uh, it's extremely important to first understand that, uh, of course, it's uh, not going to be uh, punishable, not going to be uh, seen as uh, criminal to, to say uh, that there were Polish perpetrators, as there were Jewish perpetrators, as there were Russian perpetrators, as there were Ukrainian, not only German perpetrators. But Polish embassies had to react 260 times only in 2017, uh, 17, 
um, with regard to the expression Polish death camps, Polish concentration camps. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there were no Polish death camps. There were no uh, Polish Vernichtungslager. There were German Nazi uh, death camps. And the mere fact that we have to explain it today uh, comes back, stems um, from, the, uh, from our history again. For 50 years after the Second World War, 45 years precisely speaking, we couldn't defend our case. So we, there was no Polish independent state. Any uh, atrocities during the Second World War, and anybody who wants to know what was the occupation, German occupation in Poland, on the Polish soil, I, I would invite to the discussion, to historical research, because this is something completely beyond your imagination. Completely beyond imagination of, like, many of you probably heard about Lidice village in, Czech, in the Czech Republic. My Czech friends were very good in promoting this Lidice, forgive, the, uh, forgive this, this word. In Poland we had 800 of Lidice, which is 800 villages which were completely uh, annihilated, exterminated by German Nazis. In Poland, on the Polish soil, I should have said, because there was no Poland during the Second World War. On the Polish soil, this was the only place on earth where, where all the families, all the neighbors, all the villages were killed for helping our Jewish brothers and sisters. In Poland, we lost six million of people during the Second World War, the highest percentage lost amongst all the nations on earth, vis-à-vis -vis our population. And maybe uh, in, this would require a very long answer, I, will, I have to shorten because of time. There is a, uh, there is a, uh, a book by Gunnar Paulson, a Swedish-Canadian historian who did a very thorough research on, uh, on, uh, on Warsaw during the Second World War. Uh, how many Jews were hiding in Warsaw and how many Polish families were helping those Jews. In numbers it looks like this. At least uh, around 30,000 Jews were escaped Warsaw ghetto and they were helped by three, four times, five times more of Polish uh, citizens. Even if this was a death under death penalty threat for the whole family. And at the same time he has actually made a research uh, how many Poles, uh, Poles were uh, denunciating to Gestapo, uh, to, um, to, um, to Germans, uh, on the Jewish uh, friends? And so he he talks in in his answer. And I, I don't remember if it was in this particular part uh, clip that we say about about cooperators. On both sides of all, there were there were collaborators of all. There were Polish collaborators and there were Jewish collaborators. He had the chutzpah of saying that, and it's hard to imagine. I mean, really hard to imagine how how people in the audience didn't just get up and 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 boo or 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 walk out or something. It's um, he's uh, quite a. Quite a piece of work, this uh, Polish Prime Minister. I, I don't even know if he realizes how anti-Semitic he, he is, at least that his statement, how anti-Semitic his statements are. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension. Now, 
Um, I can't find the paper now, of course. Let's see. Um, yes, so after this whole event, the, the, the Saturday night press conference, asserting that there were also Jewish perpetrators responsible for the Holocaust. (laughs) Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki sparked further outrage on Saturday night after a photo on his Twitter page showed him paying his respects to a Polish underground movement that collaborated with the Nazis during World War II. What is he thinking? He visited the memorial site in Munich before making his controversial remarks to journalist Ronan Bergman. I am reading from, I believe, Ynet. The Polish Prime Minister's office uploaded the picture on Twitter saying he had lit a candle and lay a wreath at the memorial for the Holy Cross Mountains Brigade, which was comprised of far-right activists who refused to merge with the Home Army, which was the those Polish, the Polish army, so to speak, and dedicated their underground efforts to fighting communists both in Poland and Germany. After originally fighting against the Germans, the Holy Cross Mountains Brigade changed tactics towards the end of the war by collaborating with the Wehrmacht, hoping to forge an alliance that would stave off the imminent Soviet takeover of the country. So now... This prime minister who you just heard telling about how fantastic the Polish people were during the war to the Jews, how overwhelmingly it sounded like they hid. He he goes in Munich. I don't know why there is, in, in the first place, such a memorial there. He visits this memorial site, lights a candle, and puts it on his Twitter page. Ronald Lauder, president of World Jewish Congress, also condemned the visit and demanded that Morawiecki apologize. Lauder slammed him his absurd and unconscionable accusations, calling on him to officially repudiate his seeming support for the extremist group. And this is a quote from Ron Lauder. The Polish prime minister has displayed appalling ignorance with his unconscionable claim that so-called Jewish perpetrators were partly responsible for the Nazi-German attempt to wipe out European Jews. Do we know that they were Judenrat? Of course. But can we compare Judenrat who were facing death and had to make a decision that they thought might either spare them or let them live long enough for a rescuer to come to make that decision are we comparing that to Polish citizens who snitched on Jews knowing what they were doing how about the Polish people who murdered Jews in pogroms as uh, our listener Moshe Eisenberg points out and as I know well Even pogroms in 1946, after the war, as as he he writes, my parents were there, and was detailed by <clears throat> the great historian, close friend of my family, Yafa Elyach Zichron Alivracha, 
who was there as well. That is that is the comparison that he's trying to make. Well, <clears throat> the whole thing is is crazy. It's crazy. We are living in a world of absolute insanity. A lot of good things, as I said at the beginning of the show, according to um, Channel 20, Arutz Asrim, Israel signed a multi-billion dollar deal with uh, with Egypt for the sale of natural gas. It's uh, um, amazing. And for all the difficulties that it has in the north and in the south, Israel is a strong and stable democracy home to more than six million Jews. So we got to say a lot of thank yous. We'll close out with Hallelujah. But Ella Birnbaum, first we say thank you so much for listening, for your Facebook likes, comments to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network, and my very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up, I'm a little over, but that's because the clock in my office is slow. I can't believe it. Sorry, Yoni. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with after further review. He did three hours of Jamie Dam just before, and now he's doing another hour after further review. Wow. Covering the latest in the world of sports and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following Jam Dam, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.